All right, welcome. Welcome to all of you who are here physically and to those of you here online. Uh, you're, you're welcome at this place. And this is uh, kind of an, an unusual weekend for us. Uh, tomorrow is a revered day in our world, in our nation. We call it Memorial Day, and we make a whole weekend out of it, uh, sometimes including burgers and dogs and another trip around the lake, among other things. It's a day to celebrate a particular group in our armed forces. Now, it wouldn't be those who have served or are currently serving. We have kind of a day later on in the year for them. This day is in honor of those who have paid in life and blood, whose names, rather, whose moms never saw them again, whose dads wept in private, whose spouses raised kids alone, and whose kids remember them mostly from pictures and treasured videos. For us in America, this isn't simply a day off, but a day to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice that we might be a free nation. So for all in this room and all of those online who have been affected by loved ones who fought for our freedoms, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Father, I pray that this, this would be a special blessing today for those who have had to endure loneliness through the years because of what we're talking about. Cover them with the blanket of your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you've got your Bibles, you've got your Bible apps, open to Romans chapter 4. Christ's resurrection has given us a new reason, a new reason to live differently. And by that, I mean different from our world and culture. It's a part of our calling. And there's no way for us to spend a year of Sundays talking and coming to the end of this topic. As Jesus followers, a part of our calling is to make disciples. A part of our calling is to love neighbors. A part of our calling is to serve sacrificially. A part of our calling we talked about last week is to shine brightly. And remember we talked about there just isn't a place in this calling for complaining and arguing. And then finally today, it's a call to declare hope. We are called to help our world and culture who have lost hope to find it. The truth is, all of us at some point have lost hope. Look at the Word of God. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live like that, used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. And just like everyone else, you lived in this world without God and without hope. Now, let me tell you something. We're in a world of hurt if we're called to declare hope, but we don't have any. <laughs> uh, how is that going to happen? But those in Christ... Have it aplenty. The Bible, again, God's word. 
I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You were called to one hope. Our hope is something that we look forward to. Look at Colossians 1.5. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up in you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel, God has chosen to make known the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. There it is. Christ in you. That's where our hope is found. And just in case we misunderstand, Peter comes and picks up the torch. Look what he says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So there it is. As Christ and his resurrection goes, so goes our hope. Our hope is that we will be raised from the dead just as Jesus was. Don't have that hope yet. You're still here in this physical, fleshly, destructible form. But we look forward to it. Look again at the word of God. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. I can't touch it. I can't see it. But I hope for it. Helen Keller couldn't see her here, but she found hope. Look how she put it. Hope sees the invisible, feels the intangible, and achieves the impossible. Hope can be found and declared even if you're blind and deaf. Why? Because hope was found when Christ found us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Incredible. Hey, these definitions of hope will help. Look at the screen. Hope is faith moving forward and putting that faith into action. Hope is a joyful, confident expectation of what God is going to do on your behalf. Hope is a matter of trusting that God's promise is greater than my predicament. Have you ever been in a situation, seriously, where there was absolutely 100% no hope? Can you think of that? Can you think of something where you realized, okay, there's no getting out of this. I can't, I can't get away. I mean, there's no hope in this. Can you, you have got it in your mind right now? Did you know that God built his first nation on that exact kind of no hope? He chose this old man and his old wife, <laughs> far beyond the ability to have children, to start a family that would grow into a nation. I'll pick up the story in Genesis 17. Look at your screen. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. You, no longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you're no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. 
Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him <clears throat> as an everlasting covenant for him, for his descendants after him. So, question. How much hope does a husband of 100 and a wife of 90 have in making a baby? That would be nada. There is no hope in them making babies. But when hope is based on human effort, it's dead in the water. Whereas when it's on a divine promise, the impossible is achieved. You've got to see this New Testament language in this, in this very situation. I'm going, to, I'm going to go through several different paraphrases and, and, and translations of this one verse, verse um, Romans 4.18. You've got to see the way the, the, the different great linguist scholars tried to put this together. Look at, the, look at the screen. This is from the Good News translation. Abraham believed and hoped even when there was no reason for hoping. From the New Century Version. There was no hope that Abraham would have children, but Abraham believed God and continued hoping. From the Passion Translation. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. From the Message. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Look at the Amplified. In hope against hope, Abraham believed. And look at the, the Tree of Life version. In hope beyond hope, he trusted. That's a different kind of hope, isn't it? That's not, hey, what you doing tonight? Oh, I think I might go to the movie. You want to join us? Well, no, let me see. Man, hope so. No, no, it's not that kind of a hope. Let me give you an idea of an activity you might do this week. Google up promises of God. Now, you can even put a number on it if you want to. 50 promises of God, 15 promises, 25 promises of God. I'm telling you what, the work's already been done for you. It's already there. It's already outlined in Scripture. And with the click of that button, you can begin reading and absorbing one word of unchanging, undeniable hope after another. So the way that we're going to close this morning, I'm going to give you my top ten. All right, here's number one. You are righteous in Christ. Sins past, present, and future, they're gone. Number two. You are a new creation in Christ. Sin no longer masters you. Sin no longer defines you. Does sin still trip you up? Yeah. Yeah, it will until you get your indestructible body. But it no longer defines you. Number three, you are protected in Christ. Hear me out here. This is a fantastic scripture. I'm, not, I'm specifically not giving you the scriptures on this. Do you know why? Okay, time mainly. But the second reason why? is because I really want you to Google this. It's going to blow you away, the amount of information from God's inspired word. 
on this one. You're protected in Christ. There's no trap. There's no temptation. There's no disease that will ever affect your eternal life, ever. Here's number four. You have healing in Christ. No ailment can touch your eternal being. Nothing. Number five, you are not condemned in Christ. You've been made free from the bondage of sin and death. Number six, you are never separated from God's love in Christ. You can't escape it. Number seven, you are blessed in Christ. Your career, your household, wherever you go in the kingdom of God will be a blessing. Number eight, your children have peace in God. I'm just going to leave that there. You just let that soak for a second, parents. Number nine, you are victorious in Christ. Whatever we go through here, victory will happen there. And number 10, Christ is coming soon. You're going to see Jesus face to face. You've been singing about it. And you know what's going to happen when he sees you? He's going to call you by name. He knows you. And you just think you know him now. When you see him, you will have full recognition of everything about him. That it reminds me of that great story child was about to be baptized into Christ and there was a child in the back of the auditorium that was witnessing this and the one in the back of the auditorium said mom mom what's going on and she said well well this little child she's about to be baptized with Jesus and that little one in the back said oh I'm so excited I've always wanted to see him he's going to be baptized with Jesus that faith just took that little one she knew she knew exactly who he was. Now, I'm telling you, this is just the tip of the iceberg in the blessings that we have in Christ. All of the work in finding them has been done for you. So you drink in deeply and you will let it affect you with the way that you live and the way that you talk, the way that you think. When we let these truths, these promises affect us, especially in the way that we live, talk, and think, you will be declaring hope. You won't be able to help it. It'll just exude. It'll just come out. We do have this hope in the depth of our souls. Jesus is with us. And he ain't going to let us go. Father, in the name of Jesus, make us into people who declare hope, make it powerful, and may it lend us many, many, May it lend us much fruit for your kingdom and your glory.